Concerning this coronavirus, to me, the thing that was the most shocking was how fast everything can happen. I was watching television on March 11th, 2020, when they shut down all of the sports in the United States. It shocked me. They were getting ready to start the NCAA basketball tournaments, and all of a sudden, there was an announcement that they would only let 150 people from each team come into the auditorium as spectators. Within about 10 minutes, they announced that the entire tournament was canceled. Then the NBA announced their season was canceled, and and the uh, baseball team canceled their season. And the golf team, the golf profession, stopped playing tournaments. And this all happened basically in one day. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was the trumpet that showed me something was really going on. Seeing how quickly everything can change is a sobering experience. For those things that seem so real to us can vanish so fast. And it reminds me of Revelation 18. Not that this was Revelation 18, but Revelation 18 shows something that is coming. And this reminds me, just reminded me, of how fast it can change. In the Great Tribulation, there is a situation described in Revelation 18 where in one hour a great city was destroyed. Now, we've seen in a very short period of time, a month, two months, how New York City shut down, how fast it can happen. Things you just can't even imagine happening happened. Businesses closed. People were out of work. People couldn't go out and buy things as they once did. And that reminds me so much of Revelation 18, although... I do say what we've seen is not Revelation 18, but that's still to come. But we can learn from it. We can learn not to put our trust in these things that we can see and in the way of life that becomes so familiar to us. But trust in God and follow Him. The real key is following God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And if you're led by the Spirit of God, you are very often going to be moved from one pasture to another before all of the grass is gone where you are eating. So you're very often in proper place for the crisis that is to come when you are led by the Spirit of God. Now, I don't think many people are led by the Spirit of God. I don't think, I think it's very hard to find anyone in church groups led by the Spirit of God. They are entrusting in something else. But for those who are led by the Spirit of God, those who have been born of the Spirit of God and know how to follow God and have experience 
we are often moved from one place to another or make changes even before the change is required in our lives. In 2018, December, I fell at the house that I lived in in Texas and I had to be taken to the hospital and had surgery and I was 81 years old at that time. I had already come to desire not to live alone. Well, this was the instrument which was going to cause the change that would come in my life where I wouldn't be living alone. I ended up moving from the rehabilitation hospital to Colorado to live with a member of the body of Christ in her home. I had been undergoing therapy and I continued the therapy when I got to Colorado. I liked the physical therapist that came. I liked her very much. But she said to me, you are so happy and content that it's going to be hard for me to get you out of this bedroom. Because Pam had fixed me a nice room and I was very happy in Colorado and even happy in the room where I was living and had no motivation to get out and go anywhere. The therapist wanted me to find things out there in the world that I would enjoy. And in Colorado Springs, my goodness, it was everywhere that you had the possibility of something to enjoy. I moved from West Texas to Colorado Springs. The mountains are here and it's beautiful and the weather's good. It's not so hot. There are things to see. Even by car, you could drive and look at the uh, rock formations, at the drive up to the top of Pikes Peak and look at the mountains and the scenery. But I was so happy in my room just writing the blog and the books that I write on Amazon. We hadn't started the podcast at that time, but I was very happy doing what I was doing. And I really had no desire to leave the room, even to see the mountains. But she wanted me to, very much wanted me to. When coronavirus hit, I was in the process of writing a very large volume of books, which we would publish on Amazon, concerning the Old Testament and comparing the ways of the Old Testament with the New Testament. I was very busy with this. And I really had no desire to leave the room. And I had not been out of the house in 2020 for about a couple of months when this virus became known. The last time I went out was in January 14th, I think it was, 2020, to have my hair trimmed. So I was already doing all the things that they were telling people to do. I was already at home, sheltering at home. (laughs) It was a new term, sheltering at home. I don't disagree with the term. It's just that I was already doing it. And very often when you're following God, that is the case. You're already doing that thing that you need to be doing. And the world doesn't have to tell you what to do because you're already doing it. Another thing that God had prepared me for is an entire way of life 
which I had been living since 1975, when God showed me to get out of debt and stay out of debt. I had been living within my means. I saw something very strange during this coronavirus. People went to food banks and they kept talking about not having food to eat and needing the free food. And they lined up in cars, in long lines at food banks. Almost daily, they would show this on television. I was looking at this and I was amazed to see the cars they were driving. I didn't see any old cars. All the cars were bright, shiny, and most of them SUVs. Of these people that were saying they didn't have food to feed their families. Perhaps they didn't, but if they didn't, and they were taking the free food and had these bright, shiny new cars, the reason they didn't have the food is because they were living beyond their means buying the bright, shiny new cars. They were doing foolish things with their lives and with their money, and they hadn't saved anything. Well, that's not how God has taught me to live. I live below my income, not above it. I don't charge things and pay them out monthly. I only charge the things that I'm able to pay for at the end of the month. And usually I have a backup to that where I could pay for it immediately. Sometimes it's easier to charge gasoline and stuff like that and pay it once a month than it is to pay cash. And that's the way God showed me to live. If you're out there living like the world, you're going to be destroyed with the world. And this is only the beginning. We're going to see lots more things come upon this earth because we're shown that in the Bible. Things that you can't even imagine. Of course, I couldn't have imagined all the businesses closing down in a very short period of time like we witnessed. I was just always so interested in March 2020 of looking at Times Square. Every time they showed it on television, I was fascinated by the lack of people because every time I've been to New York City, you couldn't even walk down the sidewalk. It was so crowded and the taxis were everywhere and now the streets were vacant. The people weren't there. The businesses were closed. It was just such a change. And then, of course, we had no sporting events at all. No live sporting events. I would have never thought there would have been a time in the United States when they didn't have live sporting events. It was a big change. Babylon the time comes when this great city will be destroyed in one hour. Now, I think it's a figurative Babylon. It wouldn't surprise me to see that it happened to New York City, Los Angeles, Paris, London, a city like that. I think Babylon is a figurative speech used in Revelation 18. But in one hour, it was destroyed. In Revelation 18, it says, Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, these people were saying, Alas, alas, 
that great city, Babylon, that mighty city. For in one hour thy judgment is come, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her. For no man buyeth their merchandise any more. That is so much like what we're seeing, although I don't think that is what we're seeing right now. But I think what we're seeing right now is a preview of the fall of Babylon. By the things written in the Bible, especially in the book of Revelation, I also know that there will be a time that comes when men will cast their gold and silver into the streets. It's worthless, basically worthless. And we think, how can that be? How could it be that that would ever happen? Well, it's in the Bible, and it will happen. But I think this helps us to see, this coronavirus helps us to see a little better the great tribulation that is to come. I can now understand more how these things could happen that are in the book of Revelation. For I know they will happen, but I can understand it a little more because of coronavirus. A great many years ago, I had a dream where the earth slipped on its axis. People were terrified. Governments of men were meeting with scientists to see what we could do about it. Well, if the earth slips on its axis, <laughs> What are you going to do about it? This is silly. But nevertheless, they were meeting to see what could be done. They were meeting with the scientists. They were meeting with other religious leaders, uh, government leaders. They were even meeting with religious leaders to try to see what they could do. There was a man, a newscaster, giving this report in this dream. He was giving this report on television about the earth slipping on its axis. And he was so terrified, he couldn't even speak. He finally just got up and walked off camera. And you saw a vacant room. These newscasters are so phony. They get on television when there's a crisis and they pretend to be afraid. He was afraid. An event had happened on this earth which affected him. That's what's going to happen. And it's going to affect people so dramatically when this happens at the end. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. If you have any question about that, read Revelation 8 through 16 when God brings his wrath upon the earth. Incredible things will happen that no man could have caused and no man can solve. Great hail from the great hail, great earthquakes, great lightning that burns up the grass. At one point, a mountain slides into the sea. The sun changes and great heat comes, great darkness comes. Things that man cannot control. Things that their money cannot save them from. This is the whole story of the end times. Well, we've seen a little preview in the coronavirus, and it maybe helps us to see 
how to live as we go forward and and what's possible to come upon this earth. I think this is just a beginning. In the Bible, we're told we can use the things of this world, but not abuse them. Now, I would think that to be, if you could afford to pay for it and feel approved by God in doing so, do it. But I would want to feel approved by God in buying something, even if I had the money. For you could make a wrong decision there for sure. I like to not only have the money, but I like to turn to God and say, what do you want me to do about this? Should I do this or should I not do this? Please show me. I don't want to live the way of this world. I don't have, I have a credit card, but I don't. Use up the credit. I don't go out and buy things that I can't pay for. I don't live that way. That's the way the world lives. That's not the way God has shown me to live. Let's look at some examples in the Bible on how we live. First, it's as many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. I don't believe many people who go to churches are Christians. They think they are Christians. They've gone forward. They've been baptized in water. They've joined the church. They've done this. They've done that. But they did it by their own will. For when I speak to them, they don't understand what I'm saying. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Being led by the Spirit of God, God shows you what to do about the situation. And when someone comes along and praises you because of what God showed you to do, you speak up and you say, I didn't do this by myself. God showed me to do this, and then I did it. You glorify God when you are of God. But when we are led by the Spirit of God, we are not going to be living like this world lives. Therefore, our way of life, which God shows us, puts us into a position for the storms of life which God brings upon the people of this world. As the buildings shut down and the businesses closed, I didn't owe anybody anything. I didn't have an extremely large savings account, but I had enough to pay for whatever food I needed. I wasn't in a line where they give out food. I drive a car that's 24 years old, and actually I don't even drive it now. I live at Pam Paget's house, and Pam drives, and we're, I'm going to put my car up for sale, I believe, praying about that, because I don't expect to ever drive again. In the midst of the coronavirus, I asked God if there was anything I should be doing, and he showed me two things. One thing was sell all the old sound equipment, which we had stacked in Pam's dining room, sell everything that you don't want to use. I told her, I said, Pam, what are you working on? This was March 2020. I said, what are you working on right now? 
And she told me, and I said, well, that's not critical, but I do have something that is critical. God has shown me for us to sell all this old sound equipment. There is an internet website where you can sell high-level sound equipment. She knew how to use it, and so she got on it and started listing equipment. Everything we listed sold. She would list two or three items, and usually we would have multiple people wanting to buy those items. In the midst of the coronavirus, at the peak of the coronavirus, one man even asked us, will you come down on the price of this? Because after all, people aren't going to want to buy these things during this coronavirus. Well, we were finding the opposite. We had multiple people trying to buy the same item. Everything sold. We accumulated really thousands of dollars, thousands, from the sale of unused sound equipment on the Internet. And when, when we sold everything, we purchased a new sound processor, but we had ample money to buy the sound processor with money left over. Now, this is the way God leads. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, if the Lord is watching over what we do and we belong to him, he's going to lead us to make changes along the way which prepare us so that we're not in the food lines asking for free food. We're not living like that. We're not driving new cars where we have to make payments on those cars and can't pay for them. We don't have big mortgages on our houses. We are living within our means because that is the way God leads. He keeps his people safe while we live on this earth. We're not living like the world lives. So if you're living like the world lives, you're going to go down with the world. In one of the passages in Revelation 18, they said, Come out from her, my people, lest you be destroyed by that which is coming. Well, we don't live like the world. Let's look at the ways we do live. Start at 1 John chapter 2. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. One time I had a woman who worked for me, and she said to me, but don't you ever try to live like the Joneses? And I said, no. And she said, you mean you don't go out there and try to get better clothing or get a new car or live like the other people? And I said, no, 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 I don't live like that. I have a very good sound uh, unit, sound equipment. I like sound. I have a very good TV, a big TV. But in buying these things, even though I had the money, I was praying about whether or not I should spend it on these items. And I had the approval from God to do this, I believe. But I didn't go out and buy a new car. And I didn't go in debt for anything. 
I don't pay out anything. I don't have a mortgage. I didn't have a mortgage in Texas. I don't even have a house in Colorado. I live with Pam, but she doesn't have a mortgage because she has been following God for many, many years. One time at uh, FedEx, she worked as a computer programmer. Someone mentioned something about, oh, you could get a lower rate mortgage now. And she said, I don't have a mortgage. And they said, you don't have a mortgage? And she said, no, no, I don't have a mortgage. My house is paid for. And they were just shocked. And they said to her, one of them said to her, well, then you can retire anytime you want to. And Pam said, yes, that is right. And she did retire. She retired early from FedEx. See, if you're living the way of God, he can move you at any given time. You're not bound to that land and those payments. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away. Everything we can see with our natural eyes will be destroyed in the end time. They came asking Jesus about the temple, his disciples, and they said, oh, look at this wonderful temple, this building. And Jesus said, don't you know all these things will pass away? Matthew 24. Jesus wasn't impressed by them. He knew the truth. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So the way to go forward with this coronavirus situation is to go forward this way, focused on things above, focused on what you hear from God by his spirit, focused on the scriptures that stand out to you, and I wouldn't want to be in debt. If I were you, I would get out of debt as quickly as I could possibly do that. If you've got a big mortgage and can sell your house, I'd get something I could afford. I would make changes. Of course, I I do it by the Spirit of God, and you should too. But I am in a position where I don't have to go wait in a food line to get food. I'm grateful to say I don't. But I contribute the fact that I don't to the fact that I have been following God for 45 years. Ever since I was born again, I have been holding back on certain things and only making purchases when I was sure I was approved by God to do such and just letting excess money accumulate in the bank account, not even trying to make money with money. That's what the world does. They try to make money with money. I'm not interested in that. I know this is temporary. First Timothy chapter 6. Some men think gain is a sign of godliness. I know in the faith movement churches that was being taught. I was even in a position at one time that I was embarrassed because I drove an older car. It ran great, but it looked terrible. If you looked at me, you'd think this poor thing doesn't have anything because I didn't drive a new car. I had an old car with a very powerful motor, 
and but its vinyl top, which were popular in those days, had split because it had to sit outside in the hot sun in Texas. I lived in an apartment. I didn't have a mortgage. I just saved money. And I bought what I could afford. This is what God showed me to do. But some people, and mostly at that church word of faith, they thought that gain was a sign of godliness. Now here's what Paul says. If a man thinks gain is a sign of godliness, withdraw yourself from them. He says, supposing that gain is a sign of godliness, that perverse men, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is a sign of godliness, from such withdraw thyself. Gain may be just a sign that you're in debt. And all these big crowds at church that attend churches it may just show you don't go there because they're not preaching about sin. If they preached about sin, they wouldn't have these big crowds. If they spoke Matthew 5.32 where Jesus said, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, about half of their congregation would get up and leave them. Why do they not preach the, the scriptures? They don't want the people to leave them. They want to be popular so they can have big crowds and glory in the big crowds and have lots of money. So when you see a big crowd at church, to me, it's a sign they are withholding certain scriptures from their congregations. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. The woman who once asked me, don't you have to try to keep up with the Joneses? Don't you live that way? And I said, no. She was a church woman. She faithfully attended her church. And she was shocked when she saw the way I lived. Verse 8, And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich, that want to have all these things, fall into a temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drowned men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Have you ever gone out and taken another job because it paid more? What are you following after? Now, if you tell me I had this opportunity to do a type of work that I really wanted to do, that's another matter. But most people that I hear talk say, I made more money. They're following after money. A love of money gets you into all kinds of trouble. For years, I have watched professional football players who succeeded with one team but wanted more money and changed to another team and got the more money, but they didn't have as good a team. And they faded out of view completely, and today you don't even know where they are. 
that love of money, the pride, the greed, when everything is going to be destroyed. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. They have taken jobs that they do not like as well. They do not like living in that place in order to get that money. They do themselves damage. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. I watched Pam Paget one time at FedEx. She worked in Colorado Springs at FedEx. But the headquarters were in Memphis, Tennessee. She could have had a much more responsible job in Memphis, Tennessee, had she been willing to move to Memphis. But she told them she did not want that job. She didn't follow after that money. After that prestige, she stayed in Colorado Springs. I'm very happy to say since I ended up living at her house, I would rather live in Colorado Springs than in Memphis, Tennessee. It's cool in Colorado Springs and pretty. It may be pretty in Memphis. I've never seen it. But these mountains are spectacular. I enjoy seeing them. But she didn't follow after money. She turned the money down. She turned the prestige down she was following God at that time and still is she was hearing from the spirit of God and praying over what to do but she was not following after money for the love of money is the root of all evil the evil that's going on in your life right now if there is any is probably because you're following after money so it says, which while some covered at, coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness. What is right in the sight of God? Godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. This is 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. I have many wonderful things around me to enjoy, but they're from God. They were approved by God, and I could afford it. And God approved it. That's even more important that he approved my purchasing these items. That's the important thing. And it says that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life.
when we sold a house in Texas, I distributed gratuities to several people, to my contractor who had helped me so many years, to the lady that had been my housekeeper, even to two realtors who left us. I sent them some money because they had done a lot of work in showing the house, even though they gave up on it and on us and told us they thought the time had come for us to part company. And we said, okay, thank you. But I sent them each some money because they had worked on the house, ready to distribute. That doesn't mean you give your money to these false ministers. I don't want to be a part of that. They write to me all the time begging me for money. They see the blog, and they write to me and tell me all the great works they're doing, and then they say, send me money to do these works. I don't send money to them. I've had too much experience with God. I know that when God authors the works, you have the money for the work. It's always been that way in my case. I know they're not following God. I'm not going to give them my money, but I will distribute money to people who have demonstrated helping in a way where they had no expectation. But I'm not giving money to ministers who are not called by God to do the work that they're doing, as I see happening all the time. So that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to, to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, says Paul. But this applies to us today. For listen to what Paul said. Avoiding profane and vain babblings. I hear profane and vain babblings all the time. People say such and such will happen, and they don't know. I just turn away from them. And often I have a scripture which shows me the exact opposite is going to happen to what those people say will happen. So he says, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of false science, oppositions of science falsely so-called. So many people trust in science. I don't. I know I want my trust to be in God, not in science. They may say they've got all these vaccinations. Um, they are always talking about flu shots. When I was in the rehab center after I broke a hip, a nurse came in and said, uh, do you want a flu shot? And I said, uh, do you take one? And she grinned and she said, none of us takes them. <laughs> none of the workers at the at the uh, rehab hospital took them. I said, no, no, thank you. I'm not going to take a flu shot. I, I chose to go another way. I feel I was led by God in it. If you're led by God to take it, take it. If you're not led by God, don't take it. If you're led by God to go to a doctor, go to a doctor. If you're led by God not to go, don't go. But you should be led by God and not by what they say. 
Almost daily, I will record what the TV newscast is saying about this uh, current virus situation, but I don't listen to all of it. I listen to a little bit of it. and But in listening, many times I will hear them say things that I just don't know I'm not going to do. And many of the things that they have said to do, I'm already doing, like the sheltering at home. I'm not sheltering at home. I'm living within my means and following God and doing what he shows me. And therefore, in, in order to do what he showed me, I needed to be at home writing on the computer to do the books that we publish on Amazon. But I was following God. You see, it's following God that matters. Going to a doctor, it should be that you're following God. Not going to a doctor, it should be that you're following God. Everything should depend on following God. In listening to some of these TV newscasts, I've heard things that just are mind-boggling to me. Somebody contacted them and said, Is it safe for me to send my children to the park? And I thought, Good grief, you're asking that of CNN? Or some medical doctor? Pray, if you lack wisdom, Ask of God, who giveth to all liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him, James chapter 1, verse 5. He'll show you, and that will be safe. What God shows us is safe. What medical doctors say, or CNN says, is not safe. Those are opinions of men. It may or not be safe. But if you follow God, you have the wisdom from God. So Paul said to Timothy, Keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Here's another instruction for us from the Bible. Colossians chapter 3. If ye then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above. How? Well, we pray. We read the Bible. But we pray. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. We pray. We live within our means. We have a full assurance that if we buy a television set, God has approved our spending the money. We seek God and we seek the things that are above. Living right in the sight of God. Treating other people right in the sight of God. Now that doesn't always mean smiling and saying flowery things. That's deception. But we often warn them. We warn them not to do these things they're doing. That is doing right in the sight of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Here it's going to be destroyed. Why would we set our affection on this earth? For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. They would look at me and they would say, She has no life. But my life is hidden. 
I do have a life, but it's hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate, inordinate affection, unreasonable affection, evil concuspience, evil lust, and covetousness, which is idolatry. I drive around, and there will be a great big house sitting there, and I thank God that I don't have any property today. My life is exactly the way I want it, and it's ordered by God. I have one room to live in. I live in a house, but I have all my stuff in one room, and I love it. I once had a larger house, but in that larger house, I began to come to the time when I wished all my stuff was in one room where I could easily get to it. I don't look at these larger houses and covet them. I'm very glad I don't have property. I'm glad I don't have some expensive kind of car that you have to be concerned about. I'm glad that I don't have to be concerned about clothing. And I'm glad I don't have to go be in a food line where they're giving out food, but I can go buy my own food because I have plenty of money to do it, because I don't live that other way. See, the difference between following God and following the way of the world? Some of you may have been following the way of the world. will change. Change right now. Look at these scriptures until you get them in you so deeply that you do them. God will lead you out of that other way of life. Mortify your members which are up on the earth. How do you mortify them? How do you put to death those lusts? You pray. God, please don't let me do this. Please don't let me say that. Please don't let me do this. Paul says, For which things sake the wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked, Sometime when ye lived in them. But now put off all these things anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Put it away from you. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge renewed in knowledge after the image of God that hath created him, reading the Bible, allowing one scripture at a time to lead us. Whatever scripture God shows you by his spirit, whatever burns through you, let it lead you. You'll get where you're supposed to be by following God. Another scripture, Matthew 6, Jesus says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. 
How do we lay up treasures in heaven? We follow God by his spirit, one scripture at a time. It will get us there. One instruction at a time. I have an instruction right now that I have been following since it was given in January or early February, and that was podcast. Make podcast. Feed my people. They're starving to death. They're like little kittens who are dying. They're babies. Some are deformed because of the pollutions of their churches. Speak the truth to them. That's the instruction I have right now for my life. We lay up treasure in heaven as we follow the instruction from God. The instruction given to you right now from God might be, get out of debt. Learn to live within your means. I wouldn't be at all surprised if you're living above your means that that's an instruction for you at this point in time. So do it. Cut back on your spending. Get a smaller house. Do what you have to do if you feel you're living beyond your means. Prepare yourself. Get out of debt. Stay out of debt. Follow scripture. Lay Okay, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. What do you want me to do? Asking God. The world goes out and buys the biggest house they can qualify for by getting a mortgage. I would not even consider living that way. I really never had a mortgage. I bought the size of house that I could pay for. I built the size of house that I could pay for. This is just not safe to live this other way. You're going to be destroyed. And we should see right now how really we're going. This is coming. All of this destruction prophesied for us in Revelation is coming. It's coming upon this world. If you're following God, you're going to be okay. If you're not, you'll be swept away with the world and suffer the consequences of what the world suffers. And Paul says, for where, or Jesus said rather, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What do you treasure? Should be the word of God. That should be the greatest treasure of all. It is like that pearl of great price where the man found it and went and sold everything he had and bought that one pearl. The word of God is the thing that matters. None of these other possessions or things matter. The word of God matters. Philippians chapter 4, follow that diligently for sure. Be careful for nothing. Are you concerned about anything in the future? If so, you haven't prayed over that thing for prayer is the only thing that works if you have any dread or concern be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 when I left Texas I put the house up for sale It did not sell. 
A year and a half passed, it did not sell. I had to change realtors three times. The house did not sell. I cut back on the price of it several times, and the house did not sell. I prayed over it constantly. When the coronavirus hit in March 2020 in the United States, I turned to God in the midst of this coronavirus and said, Is there anything you want me to do about that house in Texas? And immediately it was put into my mind, lower the price and put it on a special sale for one week. I told my realtor immediately. It sold within two days. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Then in verse 13, Philippians chapter 4, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I know he's saying, I can do all things through Christ the Word that I have been given. Whatever word God has given me enables me to do that thing. Verse 19, But my God shall supply all your need. My God will supply all your need. These ministers that write to me today think other people are going to supply all their need. That's what they're asking for, is for us to supply it. No, Let them turn to God. Let them ask Him. Let them be assured that He is the one doing this thing. See, they can't do that because they don't belong to God in the first place. Their works are their own ideas. And that's what's going on. Big time. Big time today. I don't give money to them. I have them ask me for money all the time. I don't give them money. I'm not giving to those people. I'm not giving to that able-bodied man that's standing out there with a sign saying, out of work. Let him go mow lawns. Let him go find work. Let him turn to God. I'm not going to give to him. Paul said, if a man will not work, neither shall he eat. Here, all these years, the Salvation Army has been giving food to able-bodied men who should be out there working. See, follow the scriptures. If a man shall not work, Neither shall he eat. This is, this is the way I go. I had a man approach me one time at a, a mall, and he said, will you give me a dollar to buy gas? And I said, no, you go er- get a job and earn your living. And that's what I'd still say to him. But I would give money or give possessions to people when God showed me to. But if he shows me don't do it, I won't do it. And by the scriptures, I say, I say, don't do that. You'll be violating the scriptures if you give money to those people who are able-bodied and will not work. To those men who are able-bodied and will not work. I'm not going to do it. All these scriptures I've spoken to you today are published in writing for you on our blog 
Go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations. On the right-hand side of the homepage, you'll see the word podcast. Click on that. Look up the broadcast, which is Haven't We Learned Some Things from Coronavirus? Get those scriptures and keep them before you. Again, the name of the blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today.